and India didn't have free public education order back then. So I want to go out there to any of the communities that I want to select down the road when I have enough money, build a school for the child, children, build a house for them to live in there, and also find a job for their parents so they, they're stabilized. Like a small community, that's what I want to build. And when they, when they come out of school and the universities over there, they could give back to the community and this community just keeps on self-sustained by itself. Welcome millionaires and future millionaires. You're listening to the Millionaires Unveiled podcast, a show where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their portfolio allocation. Now to your host, Jace Mattinson. Welcome back to another episode of Millionaires Unveiled Podcast. This is episode number 299. Stace, what's going on? How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great over here, and I'm I'm just excited. This is kind of a, uh, this is like saying goodnight to the 200s, and next week we'll be waking up to episode 300 on Monday morning. So this is, uh, this is exciting. That's pretty crazy. Before we do, I hope everybody had a great Father's Day and a great holiday on June 19th. I know we did. It's been, I guess this is my fifth Father's Day. And I was just thinking as we approach episode 300, this podcast to some degree got its start about six years ago, um, even though the first episode didn't come out till November of 18, 17, whatever that was. No. Yeah. 17. But yeah. This podcast is older than any of our children, so uh, I guess it was the first child into some. Yeah, in, in some your first respects. baby. Yeah, first baby in some respects back in the day. And I uh, didn't, I didn't gain any weight with this one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be an epic, epic uh, episode. I'm super excited for episode 300 and another milestone going into the uh, 300s. So as part of that, I thought today we would have as the departing. Uh, show the 200s have a returning guest so this week we've got max he was a guest on episode 172 where he had just reached millionaire status and now a couple years later we got an update from him and he tells us that his net worth is anywhere from three to five million and he basically stopped counting so we're going to get into the detail on how he has essentially gone from one million to in between three and five in just a couple of years so it's going to be a great episode with him. Last week we had Jordan. Uh, he had a net worth of a million dollars, just about over half of it was in retirement vehicles and half was it, half of it was in his business. He had a little bit of crypto and some home equity as well. Got a review that I wanted to uh, read this week and dive into a little bit. I get this question from time to time. Uh, this comes from General QT. Uh, says, hi, new to the podcast, and I really appreciate the great work and content. Question, is net worth here really total value of assets? For example, Stu, the firefighter owns several properties that all have mortgages on them, not own outright. His figure is total value of assets, correct? Question mark. Thank you for what you have put into the show. So the answer to that question is no. Uh, it is not the total value of assets that we publish on the show. It's actually net worth. So to get there. You add up all your assets, subtract your liabilities, and that gets you to your net worth. And that is what we publish. And so the uh, equity that is in some of those properties, for example, uh, for him specifically, for, for the episode with Stu a few episodes ago, uh, is is added to his net worth. And that is what we publish now. 
Jace, for any of our newer listeners, would you like to outline what the term liabilities means? Yeah, I guess probably should go into all of that. So an asset is something that you own. You have, you know, either title to or you know, cash in the bank or a stock or mutual fund, retirement account, something that has your name on it. And liability is something that uh, you owe to somebody else. So, you know, a mortgage, for example, uh, that credit card payment that you might have that you owe the credit card company, um, you know, maybe a car note. You owe money for that car that they gave you to buy it. So any type of thing that you own essentially fits in those liabilities. It can get a lot more complex than than just that. But for, for most people and purposes in personal finance, I think that sums it up pretty well. Super. And if you have equity in any of those, that means... That means you add it to your net worth. You add up all the assets, subtract all the liabilities, and that is your net worth. Thank you. Thank you. One, one way you could look at it too is if you went to sell all of your assets, sold everything, and paid off all the debt that you might have on any of if you have any of it, how much cash would you actually have? And that would be another way to calculate. It gets a little more complex with taxes and everything else in there, but simple enough to, to understand that what we're trying to or what we're getting at is basically what you would have left over in cash if you sold everything paid everything off. Awesome. Thanks for that. Great question. I know sometimes people get confused uh, between kind of terminologies and whatnot, but at the end of the day, that's how we calculate net worth. And it is in most cases, unless stated otherwise, also household net worth. So we don't divide by 50% if a couple's married or anything like that. Um, If they are divorced or they are single, we try to note that in most cases. But uh, yeah, so great question. Appreciate that Um, and appreciate you listening to the podcast. In fact, I'd love you, if you haven't already, to leave a rating review. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. Spotify has been taken off lately. If that's the place you'd like to go, a little bit more interaction there as well. Might start creating some polls and some other things there, but we'll see. If you'd like to be on the show, send us an email, millionairesinveiled at gmail.com. We'll get you scheduled and uh, get you on the calendar to uh, record. So, without any further delay, let's get into today's episode with Max. In the show, we have a returning guest. We have Max. You may remember him from episode 172. It was quite some time ago. At the time, Max had a net worth of $1 million. And now, Max, where's the net worth? Between three to five. I Holy cow. Stop counting. Wow. So let's, I mean, 172, we had you on a couple years ago. I guess that was almost in the middle of height of COVID. You were at 2020 July. That's when we had it. Yeah, July 2020. So it's a few months after after uh, COVID became a thing. And I guess most places in the country were still probably feeling some lockdown. So, I mean, in two and a half years, call it, you maybe, you know, almost three, you've gone from one to three, between three and five. Give us the update. Yep. What is the, uh, I mean, back then you had a gas station, maybe a little bit of real estate. And what does it look like now? So back then I had a gas station with real estate, which was, which I was running hundred hours a week. But then I slowly diversified my revenue stream to single family rentals. Then I got six of those. Then I bought some Airbnbs in Panama City Beach. 
moved to Panama City Beach. Then I had a ho- I bought a hotel in Texas with my partners. Then I started looking to developing new construction homes in 2021. I did I did six of them, and then I jumped into multifamily, and I got we did four deals in three last three months. Hold on here for a second. So let's back up because we got all sorts of, and you're getting all sorts of diversification here. So the first, you bought six what now? Short, uh, long-term rentals. Long-term rentals, okay. So all of those were single family? Yes, sir. Homes, okay. And that, that came after the gas station, is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So took profits from the gas station, put them into single family homes, and then what was after that? Then I... Uh, I got some, uh, I bought me a personal home. Okay, so bought a personal home and then Airbnbs? Then I bought two Airbnbs in Panama City Beach and a hotel. And a hotel. How many How many uh, rooms is the hotel? 68 doors. 68, okay. And then? Yep. Then I started developing new single family homes in Panama City Beach. Okay, so ground up development, new construction? Yep, so I did six, yep, I did six of them. Then I started but started jumping into multifamily syndications and stuff like that as a general partner. Holy cow. So as it stands today, do you still own all that? Yep. So you got a couple Airbnbs, six single family rental, or I guess 12 single family rentals. Did you developed six. six, bought six? Yeah, I sold all of them, new developments. Oh, you sold all the new ones. So it was build, yep. build to sell. Okay. And then you've got the Airbnbs, you got the hotel. Yep. And now you're developing, or now you're syndicating big multifamily deals. Yes, sir. Holy cow! So, I guess real estate makes up most of your net worth at this point. Hundred percent. I would, besides the cash on hand. Yeah. Wow. And and do you do you outsource the management of these, or do you manage them all yourselves? So, all the multifamilies are managed by property managers. I do asset management on two of them, but. The rest of them I outsourced. I had to fire actually my PM on Airbnbs because that was he was horrible. <laughs> so right now I'm self-managing it, but I'm gonna about to hire a second PM for that and train them. Interesting. So, has this been a strategy of each year you try something new? Yeah, that's my whole goal was to diversify away from gas station. It was just a starter for me because uh-huh. back then I knew how to run and operate and stuff like that besides the hotel but then i was like gas station doesn't have future in the next 15 years so i gotta do something now or left behind yeah we talked about that a little bit and it's interesting you bring that up because you know i live in texas and i drove by or i stopped at a, a bucky's recently which if anybody's been to texas that's one of the largest if not the largest gas stations you've ever seen in your life and yep. it was interesting because they had just installed, I think it was like 56 Tesla charging stations on property there for the Buckies, which, you know, we talked about this, I think, on your first episode that you, you see some of the writing on the wall as, as we move more to electric power vehicles. And, and there's all sorts of theories on when, you know, we may be completely up to that point. But at any rate, from your perspective, from a business and investment standpoint, you didn't want to be 100% focused and, and in the gas station business, and so you wanted to diversify given that that may occur in your world, right? Yes, sir. So let me add one more thing I forgot. I bought a second gas station too afterward first and sold that one just about a two months ago. Oh, wow. So bought one and sold one since you've been on the podcast? Yeah, bought, 
I bought the first one and I still have that one. And then I got I bought the second one. Oh my goodness. So I bought the second gas station in the March of twenty twenty one. I ran that one as well, open to close about hundred hours a week. Then uh then my death my family. My father died and I had a newborn child at the same time. So I wasn't keen enough to run both of them at the same time, so I had to let go of one of them after a year and a half. And and uh, when you when you're when you sold the first gas station and I guess the second one, are you ten thirty one ing into some of the other properties or what? What did you do with the with the proceeds that I bought originally? But the second one when I bought it and I sold it, I was gonna do ten thirty one, but I didn't did it. I didn't do ten thirty one, and I just flipped that whole thing into the syndication with the bonus depreciation. I had ninety percent depreciation year one, so it, it. it makes sense to. Do 1031. If I was getting 90% depreciation year one, might as well buy something else or or donate some money to charity and stuff like that and get that 100% returns. Right. So, but but from now on, yes, 1031. Um, that's why I, when I sold six homes, I did 1031 to syndications too. So, the gas stations. Where are all the funds for your, your other investments coming from the? sale of the initial investments or do you have are you ro- rolling in like the the income from your business investments into these multifamily investments and syndications like how, how are you doing all that so original gas station funded my rental properties and the rental properties funded me my new construction stuff as well as airbnbs and hotels it was the same time gas station revenue and the second gas station was also funded by the first station but when i sold the for- second one i had an option of either 1031 or flip it into syndications of multifamily which i was studying from the last two years so when my partner brought it brought me a deal i told him i want to be a gp and i'll raise some money but if i can't raise i'll put my own money too but the deal was so solid I raised money in two days that I was what I was supposed to raise, and I put my money to. And are these deals that, that you're doing, are most of them around where you live? No. The syndications are all over the place. I have some in Tax Dallas, Fort Wayne, Indiana, one in Dayton, Ohio, one in Carrollton, Georgia. But I do drive to them. So h- how are you sourcing those now? So deals are being brought to us by different brokers and wholesalers and stuff like that. And most of them are off-market deals. My partner gets them, I underwrite them, and I do due diligence on them and see if it's the right one for us or not, or for our investors, actually. Wow, you've had quite the quite the journey in real estate. Is there an asset class right now that, you're fa- that is, you would say is your favorite? So I would say the uh, B-class properties in multifamily is my favorite one right now. Besides the gas station, it was a profitable one that I bought. It was, a, you know the story of the gas station when I bought it was banked on had 20 different owners i came in took over i bought it at 750 which was just appraised last year at 2.9 you bought it for how much again 750 wow seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. 2.9 million yep i i ran it myself upon the close business was it was a closed down station so i went in there did what i need to do it took me two years almost to cash, almost a year and a half to cash flow from there wow good for you yeah, Max. So um, I'm not sure you covered this in a prior interview, but would you mind like breaking down gas station investments and what what our view our listeners should be thinking about uh, in terms of that? So yes, the gas station investment could be really lucrative, but 
it needs a, it has a lot of challenges too especially running them or operating side is a really headache i wasn't finding any right pm and stuff like that or manager so i was operating myself but if you operate right and if you have right people you can make some money but it doesn't have much of a future left in it as a gas station fuel fuel business side you could still have convenience store side business and you could add daily and subs and stuff like that, like Wawa does. But when I buy the properties, I look at the neighborhoods, like who lives in neighborhoods and how many people in the area. And I I, I don't want to sound like a mean person or anything like that, but I try to get the neighborhood that doesn't have high income or people with a higher education for the gas station side of business. Because most of the higher education people are smart shopper. So and, you, you mentioned that, that- the gas stations are converting your, their values coming from what you can do inside of the property. So do you think that the gas stations are going to start shutting down and they'll be repurposing the, the real estate entirely, or it's just going to be different? So this is how the gas station is going to look like in 20 years. If you remember back in the day, a gas station had the repair shop inside of the convenience store. Most of them converted into the, most of them converted into the, convenience side with a gas station some of them daily and converted went absolute and closed down so this mm-hmm. is also a second transfer transformation transformation coming in with now with the gas station you're going to have electric chargers or maybe hydrogen station and inside will be the fast food like a sandwiches and subs and hot food you can see more and more hot foods coming into the gas station side of business and people who are mom and pops and stuff like that if they they don't have hot food in there they're gonna be absolute like the repair shops and gas station used to be back in the day i see and my wife is in uh hydrogen she actually sets up she sets up hydrogen um facilities across california but the hardest part is the space and the traffic yes and also hydrogen technology is not getting low as electric getting yeah if we have enough funding for hydrogen, which would be better than electric, to be honest with you, because we already having power grid issues at the power station and grid area. And on top of that, we're putting more loads on electric cars and stuff like that, charging at home and businesses, which is going to put more load on electric grid that we don't have modified for it. Yeah, absolutely. She's seen the same things. Yep. So, Max, what, what do you think has been key for you to go from that million-dollar mark to, say, three to five at this point in such a short amount of time? So, it's for me, was an adoption to new classes of real estate. I always wanted to be in real estate, but I never had money. And I always thought that you need money to, money to buy real estate and stuff like that, which I was way off and wrong. You don't need money to buy real estate. There's a lot of creative ways to buy some stuff in the market. Especially in next six months to a year, more creative you are, the cheaper and better deals you're going to get, especially with owner financing and stuff like that. I just bought one home with $100 of my, of my money at a closing. And I thought it, I thought it was just $100. So I would take cash and they want to cash your check. So I had to run down to the bank and get me cash at check for 100 bucks. So the, would, would you consider that a mindset shift that you have? Yeah. Yes, the mindset, mindset shift and as well as... Uh, goals setting up goals and stuff like this is more important which i wasn't doing my wife taught me to it and i my mentor and multi-family taught me about it but mine's mindset is a whole thing in real estate if you don't have a proper mindset you're not gonna go further you said your wife taught you this 
yeah, my wife kept on pushing me to do some other stuff than a gas station. And I was I was okay. I was making money and I was just living my life when I never that I never had before. Because if you remember on previous episode, I said I grew up in tent in India. And this was luxury to me when I was making money at gas station. But my wife said, you got to do better than this. You can't be just making money here and there. Ten years later, you may or may not make money in gas stations. What you going to do then? You may, be, you may be more older and you may not be able to work as many hours as you're working right now. So she opened my mind to the new, new real estate stuff. Then I started researching on multifamilies and rentals and stuff like that. I was renting a home back then, so I was so I knew how much I was paying versus my mortgage would be if I had a house. But instead of buying my primary home, I bought rental properties first to pay for my mortgage and stuff like that. Hmm. Interesting. What what has your mentor taught you that's helped you be successful? So he taught me to write down the goals. Those are really important: long-term goals, short, mid-term goals, and short-term goals, and how to follow them, how to reach them, and always, always have your mindset and be positive on things, and always keep on working out on your stuff. Sometimes you may have bad days, sometimes you may have good days, but you gotta work on your stuff every day. And fitness and family, always first. Max, has there been any books that, or podcasts or things that you, that you've helped you with your education and mindset? So, I listen to a bunch of podcasts. I listen to a few multifamily ones too. There are good ones out there. I was listening to Rod Cliff's podcast for like two years when I was at a gas station. But there are bun- there are a lot of those. Then I read the book Reach That Poor Dad, which everybody probably read it by now. Then I had a few more. Then I was just going through like a. I didn't have time to read much of stuff because I was still working 100 hours a week. But I, I listened to a bunch of podcasts and news and stuff like that. And I, I followed a bunch of, I followed most of the people on Facebook and LinkedIn and see, saw their journey and saw them making money from no money. And I thought I could do that too. Is there a target net worth that, that you're trying to hit? No, I don't target anything. That's why I stopped counting my net worth. Net worth. I'm happy with what I have right now, but I just want to accumulate more so I could do more philanthropy work down the road. I want to make enough to open schools and villages and stuff like that for a poor community overseas. Has your spending habits changed as your net worth increased over the last couple of years? Yes, big time. My wife started splurging a little bit more. Then I had a newborn child, and he is expensive too. So back then I was spending 30000 a year. Now I'm spending upwards of 120 a year. Is there any luxuries that you've been willing to splurge on during that time? No, not a luxury, but only only luxury stuff we bought was back home with the pool. And and when did you decide to do that? Uh, just the 2021 or uh, sorry, end of 2020 end of 2021 on December. My wife was pregnant with a child and we were still renting in Alabama. But my wife always wanted a home in Florida and she wanted she said I'm not going to give birth to the baby in Alabama, so you better buy a home in Florida. I don't know, how, Max, I was going to ask you a totally different question, but we, we've got to go into why Why didn't she want to have a baby in Alabama? I have no idea. It's some, that's her mindset. she got to have a baby at nearby beach or at the beach area. Oh, she's she a Gators fan. Gulf Shores, Alabama is nice, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Alabama. Don't get me wrong. I loved it every single time I spent over there. I still missed my first home that I bought. I was renting over there. I actually bought the home that I was renting from the owner. Yeah, but Alabama's beautiful. Yes, sir. There's some about some about the 
the uh, panhandle of Florida having a baby there. It's a little, it's a little bit of paradise, I guess, huh? Yes, sir. And I had to move to Florida too because I wasn't gonna pay Alabama state taxes. Don't get me wrong, I'm all into paying taxes, but the Florida was closer to my gas stations and stuff like that too. So, so Max, I want to, I, I don't want to pass over your comments about bringing money back to your to India. Where, where are you from there, and what is what is the situation like? What, what are you? putting the money into infrastructure, just food, like what, what is the best way to contribute to that? So it's, it doesn't have to be India. I grew up over there and I, I experienced poverty firsthand. I don't want to target a specific country. I don't want to target just because I came from India. I don't want to go anywhere that needed to be needed the most first. It could be in Africa or it could be in Myanmar or somewhere else, but I want to target the poor community with especially the children's with educations i grew up working hard to pay for my school in india because we were poor living in tent we can in india didn't have free public education over there back then so i want to go out there to any of the communities that i want to select down the road when i have enough money build a school for the child children build a house for them to live in there and also find a job for their parents so they they're stabilized like a small community that's what i want to build and when they when they come out of school and universities over there, they could give back to the community and this community just keeps on self-sustained by itself. Interesting. And I used to be a part of a group called uh, Room to Read. Have you have you heard of that group? No, sir, but I'm definitely going to read, read on it now. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good organization. About almost 100% of the money goes to, to building schools and they don't waste money on anything other than the infrastructure and the vehicles and everything that needs to get get the job done. Um, I never actually participated in the building of the schools, but it's very, very cost efficient. And, um, you know, sounds exactly like what you want to do. Yep. I'm definitely going to read into them now. You give me something to read tomorrow. <laughs> very cool. Awesome, Max. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap up with a couple of rapid fire questions and see if anything's changed. I'm curious, what's the most expensive meal out that you've paid for? Well, I paid 250 bucks just about two months ago. Okay, did you celebrate anything? No, it was just a group of people, our teammates, our, our team, we could say. We went out there and looked at the property and we just went to the first restaurant we could find and it turned out to be a five-star restaurant, so. Okay, okay. What, uh, is, what's the most expensive car? Still have same Honda Odyssey. It was fifty thousand dollars, forty-five actually. But what's been the the best experience that you've had in the last couple of years since becoming a millionaire to now getting you know in the range of three to five? So I learned that money doesn't buy anything, or and money doesn't buy happiness. When I take a vacation, it's not with my family, my wife, and the kid. We don't go to the, like a Disney World and stuff like that. We go to the places that we think we they they. We could support somebody over there. So last vacation we went to the we went to South Florida and we went to Miami. Actually, we saw homeless. We donated him a bunch of stuff and put him in a hotel room for like a month. Giving giving back to communities pleases us now. Okay. Do you have an annual giving goal? Not really, to be honest with you. I don't have any goals. I don't target any goals, and I also stop writing them off on my taxes because I want. Now I want to give them just because I want to give them, not because I want tax break. So I just look when I travel and if I see somebody or if somebody reaches out to me and 
if they need some sort of help, I'll be happy to help them as much as I can and best of my abilities. Interesting. What's a, a closely held belief that you've changed in the last couple of years? So my the belief I changed was my mindset. I was, like I said earlier, I was set at just my station making money and just living the life that I never had. But there's so much out there in the world to do, so many people to help, so much stuff to do. We just got to do it and we got to set our mindset to do it. What advice would you give to somebody who's just starting out? I would say set your goals, set your mind mindset. And if you have a wife or a girlfriend, Sit down with them and see if you are on the same path together and keep on following your goals and dreams. What do you do to stay focused? So I create me, I create a vision board or sort of vision board because I have backgrounds on my phone screen share with the list I want to do or people or a place I want to visit. And I look at them every time I open my phone. So it keeps me in check. What I, Now naturally I got to ask what's on there. Where do you want to visit? So I want to... I want to go to Greece and stuff like that down the road in in India too. I want to take my kid over there. Maybe UK. I have London over there too. So okay, I want to explore the community and food and people. Okay, skill, luck, hard work. How would you rank them of importance to success? What was that? Sorry, it was breaking up. Luck, skill, and hard work. How would you rank them as keys to success? Hard work is first. Skill is second. Luck doesn't have to do. You could change your own luck if you work hard. Awesome. That's Max. Net worth of three to five million dollars. Original episode back in 2020. 172. When we hit a million. Thanks for on the show today. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for listening to the Millionaires Unveiled podcast with Jace Mattinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website, millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.